Hello guys and girls and welcome to episode 20 of the VR Inside podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show that is live streamed every Saturday on Nathie's YouTube channel. You can tune into the show live at 4pm in Europe, 3pm in the UK and 9am in Central US. If you missed the podcast for whatever reason, you can catch up with the whole show, which I upload to my own YouTube channel, Virtual Reality Oasis. Or alternatively, check out the audio-only version on Google Play Music, iTunes, and on SoundCloud. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback during the show, chuck them in the chat and we'll try to answer as many as we can. So let me introduce you guys to this group of VR awesomeness. And first off, we'll start with, uh, let me see, this guy, he's soon going to be changing his name to Rowdy Neistat. <laughs> <laughs> and that is uh, the Rowdy guy. Yeah, man, how you doing? Very, very well. I saw your uh, your vlog the other day. I thought it was awesome. very, very nice. Yeah, very I Casey had, style. I, I had a lot of fun doing it. I had a lot of fun doing it. Like, because uh, I wanted to do it like a little bit different from like the the normal stuff that I do, like very like center camera, you know, like you put the camera down and that's it. I want it to be a little bit more interactive, more like a, you know, like I could take like my viewers a bit with me. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun doing that. And I had a, a great time meeting with all those people. And uh, yeah, it was a fun video. Thanks for that. Yeah, it was very fun indeed. Very nice, very nice video. Right. Uh, next up, he is the supplier of pepper nuts and collector of headsets. <laughs> it is Nathy. How you doing, dude? Hey, what's up, guys? Sorry for the bell. The mailman is coming here like 24-7 now because he just delivered this. <laughs> what, what, I, what I threatened to do was uh, to to send him parts. So I'll send him an arm one week and a leg another week and then he can assemble a full mic uh, doll, essentially. I know. I don't know why you'd want to do that. Yeah. Uh, it's very nice indeed. It's just super weird me looking at you wearing that as my face. And it even uh, smells like Mike. It does. It's a mix of pepper nuts and isamiyaki. It's a true story. So we are soon going in VR together. It's going to yeah. be fun. <laughs> so this next guy, he almost is the savior of the universe. 98% to be precise. It is Zimtok5. How you doing, mate? You are right? Hey, uh, yeah, good, good, Mike. Good, Mike. It's been a fun... Uh been a fun week he's given reference there to our from other sons run last night where we had four teams competing and uh the winning team made it to 98 percent of the way to earth before being Dang. detonated 98 percent so, in an hour sorry they each had an hour so good on them for getting 98 percent of the way in an hour that was pretty good yeah it's pretty impressive you haven't actually finished it yet right have not finished the game yet no okay so, last but not least, myself, Mike, uh, the host of the show from Virtual Reality Oasis. Uh, in, today, <laughs> in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Toby eye tracking, uh, Jumanji in VR, uh, Sprint Vector, and uh, a guy has a seizure in VR chat. So that is going to be the news for this week. Mm -hmm. But as we do every week now, we're just going to start off with what everyone's been up to this week. So uh, let's fire this off to Zim first. What have you been up to this week, man? What have you been playing? Okay, uh, I dipped back into something I've been meaning to play for about a year, uh, which was called Scanner Somber, uh, which is one of these interesting mm. games. I said it was very much like the Unfinished Swan um, or Dear Esther, in that it's very much a kind of a narrated poetic journey uh, there's a bit of it's a bit of a spooky game there's bits in there but um the idea is you've got this tracker and it's painting dots and you start in a completely black environment which turns out to be a cave 
and from there you explore the cave, and I won't give any more than that. So uh, it takes about four, four and a half hours to complete it, uh, all in one sitting. So that was uh, th that was one of the ones that I I've been waiting for a long time to do. It I, I think it sits very much in the middle of, if you liked the Arrestor and you liked the Unfinished Swan, which are kind of similar games, look them up if you don't know what they are. Um, it, it'd be worth doing. Uh, I'm glad I yeah. did it, but it's probably not like, it's not a, it's not a has, yeah, everyone has to buy it kind of game. So it's a walking simulator, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a walking simulator with a pretty good story behind it. Um, yeah. But yeah, what can I say? I, I, I've got grumbles about it, which I'll say some other, some other time, but okay. it's, it, 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 it kind of hits somewhere in the middle. You know, it's, it's just, the, it's the kind of thing that's not going to be, if you're a, an FPS player or a hardcore yeah. MMO player, you probably will be bored of this, this, this game. But um, I think yeah. it's probably not quite as dull <laughs> as the walking sim that Rowdy did in the forest, which had a, a very painted, what was that? What was that again, Rowdy? What was the name of that title? Do you remember? Um... No, I don't. I don't. I need to look it up. I need to. Look uh, it up. But with with with, with, uh, with this one, it was like a. It's like very colorful, right? You see sort of dots of yeah. bright colors, uh, yes. which guides your way. Kind it, of reminds me of that one we talked about a while ago, which was stifled. stifled. Yeah, yeah, stifled. Oh yeah, yeah, I haven't even seen stifled. But um, yeah. it, the the idea is that the dots that are closer to you have a different color. It was uh, reaching actually, for as pedals. You're going along, Reaching yeah, for yeah. pedals. Uh, as you go along, the the tracker that you have gets like upgrades. So just mm. as you're kind of getting like, okay, I've been doing this a while, something new gets added. So they do do a pretty good job of keeping your interest. I didn't think it was as fast paced as I wanted it to be. Um, but that and then from Other Sons was really fun last night and still doing loads of Assetto Corsa. I'm just really loving my driving games right now and doing custom tracks like beach tracks and just random stuff like hammer it 250 miles an hour down a tiny little English, you know, countryside is just really, really good fun when you get other people. So that's my week. Nice. Nice. So uh, what about you, Nathy? What have you been up to this week, dude? I uh, played uh, Drunk or Dad because they had a, a, a Knuckles uh, DLC free. So I was like, hey, maybe I should check that out before the meme is like completely dead. But for some reason, it still lives on. People still want to know the way. And uh, I also jumped into... Uh, stunt Cargi VR and uh, it, this is like a, a sandbox title where you need to build like a track for a dog a Cargi and then he will just run around and then do all the tricks you try to learn him so you can build stuff like uh, like Zim you also played it right? Rams and uh, pins and uh, fire and explosions and it's really funny. Like you can spend at least like 30 minutes on, on, on a track, on a stunt course, and then you can play it. And then he tries it out and you change some stuff. And uh, it's really, really cool. Uh, at least if you can save the game properly. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah. He's referring to the fact that I spent 45 minutes customizing my track, getting all the dominoes to fall in the perfect order and all that. And then the game had a, had a, had a crash to desktop with no auto saves and I lost all my work. So I was very uh, oh, much raging as you can imagine. But I think yeah. the game to me, it's funny because I think they miss, they miss a lot of opportunities. Like I was expecting there to be at least like unlockable props, but you like have everything from the start that you can get in the game as far as I could tell. And you just arrange them in the area. And there's nothing even like a, you don't get an award or, you know, there's not like an achievement system that says, oh, you made the dog like hop through four hoops or you put more effort into your environment. It's literally just a sandbox. It's a nice looking sandbox. Um, I yeah. wish it was, you know, it ran a little bit better, uh, but mm. you know, I think they just need to do some tuning to make their game more of a yeah, game. Yeah, that's true. Feel more like I, I said game. that as well in my review, like they need a um, 
progression system, you know, where right. so. it's more like you can unlock stuff because you can also dress up your dog, your corgi, with uh, <laughs> costumes and hats. But when you uh, uh, get into the game for the first time, you got everything already. So I was like, why not yeah. make something so you need to unlock <laughs> all the stuff because otherwise there is no reason to play it anymore. So if they do that, then yeah, it's it's great. So. Yeah, I remember when uh, Mario, Part, uh, Mario Kart 8 came out on the Switch because they had unlocked everything from the beginning as well. And that was one of my gripes with that version of the game was that everything was unlocked from the beginning. So like you say, you don't have a sense yeah. of achievement or a sense of reward for playing the game. Um, so yeah, that's, that's interesting. Just oh, as a counterpoint... Sorry. Yeah, sorry, just a quick counterpoint. I was going to say that, like, achievements are definitely something that we all saw in games come in as, like, this massive wave, and then, like, everybody was doing it. And then the whole unlocking cards or loot boxes or whatever, that's come in as well. I don't think that your game has to have achievements to be fun. But the mm -hmm. game does have to be fun. fun. It has to have something, like a carrot on a stick. Something to make you want to come back 45 minutes later. Come back yeah. the day after, you know? No, even yeah. if it's a sandbox game, if you need to unlock the props you can build in there, then that's great. Uh, mm. Also, like I haven't really said much about the the drunk or dead game. It's basically you have to drink a lot to stay alive in a bar, and the zombie apocalypse started. But instead of zombies, you got uh, knuckles that say, "Hey, do you know the way?" and spit on him, Bruda, blah 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 blah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but the funny part is, if you take a certain drink and you drink too much of that, they the whole like bar changes into a for example, Russian drinking game, and then all the knuckles are suddenly dressed up as like little Russian red, uh, well, I want to say hedgehogs, but they are not hedgehogs, sorry. Uh, I, don't, I need to be careful with this meme <laughs> because people get angry. They do, but, uh, they do. Uh, but in, in the end, so if you take a drink and you drink too much of that certain thing, then they will uh, actually dress up for the occasion. So, yeah, uh, I was actually really disappointed, uh, hashtag spoiler, that you didn't get the little Russian in the tank. That's what I was holding out for the whole time. Oh, uh, oh there was my... actually an, uh, one in a tank. There was in a tank? No, 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 I don't know. Like, you, you... Oh. <laughs> I was like getting really excited now. There is no, no, no. tank. No, no, no. The uh, one in VR chat has a tank, and uh, that was a funny meme where he was uh, wearing a little Russian hat, and I was hoping yeah. he was going to be in this uh, demo, because I played it as well this week. Um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> go on then, Rowdy. Uh, what have you been up to, dude? Uh, I didn't play Drunk or Dead. <laughs> I played the... Uh, uh, I, I almost broke my hand playing a game uh, called uh, Flip the Table. That was fun. Wow. Uh, and then uh, I also played a game called uh, The Cooking Game VR, uh, which was uh, an Oculus title. Uh, I tried it on, but it felt a little bit bugged out for me. Uh, I tried to cook my sausage, but my sausage wouldn't work. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I, okay. I don't know why, I don't know why. Maybe I did something wrong, but it, it really, because one moment it would work and the other moment it wouldn't work. And I'll, uh, I think I have a, I think I have the video releasing today uh, on that one, yeah. Okay. And then uh, I played, so, um, another one I played was Please Don't Touch Anything. This is a title that's been out for, for a while already, I think. It's also a title yeah. that was originally not for VR, but just, you know, regular uh, desktop. Uh, it's a hard game though. It's one of the hardest escape room kind of mm. titles that I've tried so far. Very interesting though. I, I like the concept. I really like that one. And then I dove that into really, the... so That's such a rabbit hole of a game though. Like yeah. you start off and you're like, ah, this is pretty simple. I'll flip a couple of switches. And before yeah. you know, you're like, whoa, things are changing. <laughs> yeah. It's really weird. I, I didn't get that far, by the way. Like I got like completely yeah. stuck and I couldn't figure it out anymore. So uh, yeah, that was a fun one. And then I dove into VR chat for a little while with, uh, with Viper. Uh, but then his headset broke and uh, <laughs> and we had to stop. Yeah. It, it did feel like that 
um, I had like a couple of problems this time with, with VR chat because there were, I think like too many players and I kept on being thrown out mm. of rooms. Also, the avatars wouldn't load anymore. Uh, I don't know why. Me, right. me and Viper oh, both yeah. had the same problem. Like it was just like, or, or they changed the system of doing it. It just turned red and then oh, wow. nothing happened. So they, I don't know. They got some serious issues with the servers right now. They got yeah. a new Twitter account where you can yeah. see what the status is and they, they constantly have tweets out there. It's like, hey, it doesn't work at this moment. Yeah. Like, it's it's too much. And we also don't know if there are any trolls that uh, think it's funny to maybe DDoS the servers or, yeah. you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's too much. So, so tell us how uh, you almost broke your hand in this uh, flip the table game. I'm it was, intrigued. It was, it was so dumb. <laughs> it was so dumb. Like I was, uh, the, the game is very simple. It's, it's called flip the table. The only thing you need to do is like take a table, flip it, and then destroy everything in the room. And the more you destroy, the more points you get. And I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's kind of fun. It's like a stress reliever. So I started playing it, playing it. And all of a sudden, like, yeah, I, I moved a little bit too much to the left. And uh, I just like went under like the, I, it's not a table, but it's like a, a sort of like closet, like a low closet. I put my hands under there and I just like, flipped them up but like with all of my power and my controller and flying through the room and my entire hand was like blue for like three days straight and like this part <laughs> it was it was wow. right because in the video i kind of like brushed it off a bit i was like oh yeah, yeah. but you can see me like going down for a moment like oh you can see the tears rolling down the headset <laughs> that hurt a lot yeah that, that was it was quite painful yeah it's funny it's though, like you kept on playing after yeah, I was like, yeah, he, I did that. he grabbed the controller, like, okay, the show must go on. <laughs> you know? I did. That's dedication I think, for you guys. I think it was yeah. a, a couple of more minutes that I played it, and uh, it was only when I took my headset off that I started, like, the bruise was already starting to appear on it. Like, it was starting to like, wow. become like oh. a circle. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it was so next time your hand will be amputated because you, you hit it too high. Yeah, probably, probably. That's how these things work. So so that's another warning to you guys. Just make sure you clear your freaking areas before you start playing crazy or, games like or, this. Or put your put your chaperone like you know far enough from the walls yeah. and far enough from the closets. <laughs> yeah. Because so. if you get hurt in VR, then you get hurt in the real world too. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, it's true. Uh, so this week I've been playing a, a couple of games. I've been playing Gunship Battle Two VR, which is like a helicopter shooter game. Uh, you kind of fly around, complete missions. The story is complete trash, but they've kind of tried to implement one in there, which is interesting. Uh, but it just kind of seems like a bad port of a mobile game. Uh, I think it was a, a Gear VR title originally. Uh, it's got some weird control schemes as well, like you can actually use your head to steer the, uh, the helicopter around. Um, so I wouldn't recommend that one. But um, I also got to check out Sprint Vector, which I played uh, very briefly this morning. Uh, we'll be obviously talking more about that later on. Uh, and uh, I very briefly played the first five minutes of the Contagion VR demo, which is a zombie apocalypse game. Uh, they've got a free demo on Steam. Uh, but uh, from the first five minutes anyway, I was very impressed. Uh, it's very nice graphically, and the atmosphere that they've got set in there is very cool. And it's actually story-driven as well. You actually have a, a mobile phone where you're talking to your girlfriend, and she's obviously uh, you know relaying what's happening on the streets while you're in the apartment. So uh, it's... It, it was a very cool uh, experience, so I'm looking forward to going back in that one and actually doing some recording with that one. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you want to check it out, obviously it's free to check out the, the demo on Steam. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I've been up to uh, this week. Um, but let's move into our first topic because we've got an exciting one to talk about today. 
and that is uh, eye tracking. And uh, eye tracking is one of those things that has been sort of mentioned here and there, but we haven't really discussed on the show in any great detail. Uh, but I, I, for one, actually believe that eye tracking is going to be a very important feature in the future, uh, not just for VR, but also for AR as, as well. Uh, and at CES, uh, they were showing off uh, eye tracking. Uh, the company Toby uh, was showing off uh, some benefits of actually uh, accurately being able to, to pinpoint where your eye is looking in a headset. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the benefits of, of eye tracking, so obviously they can uh, precisely sort of work out where your eye is looking at, um, but it can be uh, a great benefit for performance because there's a, a thing called foveated rendering. And what this essentially does is it is the fovea is a small part of your eye which is responsible for sort of clear and really sharp vision. So when you look directly ahead, you can sort of read text. Everything's very clear and, and crisp. Uh, and on your peripheral vision on the edges, it kind of gets a little bit blurry, so you can't really focus on it too much. So say if you do this at home right now, you're looking straight ahead, and then you look slightly to the right or left and try and focus on where you was looking before, you'll notice that it's slightly blurred and you know, you'll, you'll struggle to read stuff. So what they're saying is they can use this to uh, make sure that the center where you're looking is at the perf- at the high definition, and then everything in the peripheral in your headset will be kind of blurred or not rendered at the highest quality. Because if you think about like monitors right now and playing traditional games and traditional VR right now, is that the whole image is rendered at the same um, sort of definition. Everything's just 100%, right? But if you narrow it down to say this bit's 100%, and then the rest of it is down to say 30 to 50%, then you can have a huge saving on performance then. Uh, and the reason why this will be great is because, you know, then you don't need such a powerful graphics card to run like high fidelity uh, graphical games. Uh, mobile VR, for example, it could really improve the performance of mobile VR, but also uh, reduce costs in terms of like, you know, the kit required in the headset in the first place. Um, so this is quite an exciting feature. Um, so what do you guys uh, think of that? Have you heard of foveated rendering before or have you ever sort of considered eye tracking and what your sort of thoughts well, on it? Well, well I've first tried of all, it. I would maybe explain the audience what that means for the people that don't know. Um, I don't know if anyone wants to. I'm, I'm very bad at explaining, to be honest. <laughs> but foveated well, rendering is what, was what Mike the, uh, just explained. Foveated rendering. Yeah, that's what yeah, I was so, just describing. So yeah. that's exactly what I just I- I explained. Yeah, okay. So, so like, you know, you've got this real sharp, clear view right in the center where your eyes are going to be looking. And because it can track your eyes, that can obviously move around uh, in tandem with your eyes. Obviously, latency is going to be the biggest key here because you want it to be one-to-one. Um, but then, like I say, where wherever you look, that's rendered at the best performance and the best quality. And then everything around it is reduced because the peripheral uh, vision of your eyes isn't as important. And it kind of, your eyes actually make up a lot of the information, you know, yeah. The games it. industry already did this, actually. They already took this leap because originally, some years back, they would render the entire environment. You'd load it into environment, mm-hmm. you'd, you'd render all of it. And also, one of the things that you can see for games that were produced pre that era of switch over to rendering just the scene or just what you can see um, yeah. is like if you, if you took I, I used to play on the DK2 Quake 2 which they had the entire player character modeled the gun modeled all that if you go and you play take a, take a recent game Dirt Rally and you look behind you the car is not the, the, the boot of the car isn't even there it's like half yeah. a car because they didn't bother yeah. building it they don't bother rendering it because it's just taking away performance. So yeah. it's exactly the same thing. I think efficiency, as you say, Mike, uh, spec-wise for your machine, I mean, there's two ways to go about it. You either bring 
PCs, you know, up to the mark that you need, or you take the content and the generation, you get more efficient with it. It's the same yeah. thing you do with budgets in a company, you know? So I think it's it's absolutely brilliant that they're working on it. I'm totally for it. Big big hug to the industry who's trying to develop it. I just think that there's a lovely big brothery evil side to it, which is um, two things. You're going to be able to tell, you know, through where people are looking, kind of half step to what people are thinking. And I wonder if we're going down the way of... Um, um, I mean, it's definitely an advertiser-friendly thing, isn't it? It's like, yeah. Yeah. and I wanted to see when I was watching the video. I wanted I wanted to see a realistic man walk into a shop and not look at the assets around the shop. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's just because yeah. that's going to happen in these videos. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you're right. Like uh, there is a bit of a concern that this information, where your eyes are looking and what they're drawn to, could be sold to advertisers. So that is a concern. So say you know you walk into uh, a scene or there's adverts that are you know used in VR, which could be the way the future is. You know we could have adverts in VR that that they could track where your eyes is drawn to. So say it's like a Coca-Cola advert. Are you drawn to like the bottle or are you drawn to the logo? Are you drawn to like um, you know uh, another part of the advert? So then they could use that information to make adverts tailored almost to you, what you're drawn to. But that is so already occurring now as well. It's already happening, I mean, that's right? already happening now. Like, yeah, it's already happening. I, I know but that, I know that McDonald's did an entire research on like, what is the most kind of annoying lighting that we can produce in our restaurants so that people won't stay too long, but they literally come, eat and leave again. So it, there's, wow. there's a lot, a lot of stuff going on about yeah. that and psychology and McDonald's is hiring psychologists. They're left, right and center, you know, and stepping right. out like a year or two into the future. The thing that I think we already see, right, like your world that you ingest. In other words, when you face off to the Internet, when you look at your phone on it, that looks very different to mm. some lady who owns a, a shoe shop. Yeah. Right. Very different. Um, and I think all that this is going to do is customize that even further to the point that, you know, in Minority Report, how the guy hacks his eyeballs out mm. and gets other eyeballs in mm -hmm. um, and he sees all different ads that are like broadcast to a different person. Your profile as an individual and as you grow and develop and bots learn what you want and don't want, um, that's going to wrap around you like this tight little universe that's like all your thing. And I think it's going to be a really interesting change because that universe, that kind of sidestep from everybody else, it just yeah. becomes more unique and we get closer yeah. to the origin of your name, you know, get into the yeah. oasis. So uh, yeah. looking at the chat, uh, Cold Country Gaming says eye tracking will be great for air sim players or Mac combat sims. And uh, Sweeviver is now watching us while he's driving the car. Be careful, please. But he's saying that it's quite impressive because he actually tried the Toby uh, uh, eye tracking. I tried I tried it, a foveated tracking as well. I tried it. Uh, it's actually an NVIDIA oh. prototype um, yeah. where they were testing it out. It was actually quite impressive if you i mean it's it's basically the way that our own eyes work as well like you explained very mm. very nicely actually mike like the the pinpoint of our vision is is very very small there's only like a few millimeters that you actually see very 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 sharp and everything around that is very very blurry actually it's it's when you move your eye that you actually can see sharpness and doing that in in vr is for me, I mean, I said this before as well, is the only logical step forward. If we want to have 8K resolution, 16K resolution, or, or even higher, then the only way that we can go forward with the tech that we have is now is by foveated rendering. And I think that is coming actually much faster than, the, than, than, than we think. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's going to be a real big deal uh, in the next couple of years. But there's also some other benefits of eye tracking as well. And that is, uh, so with the current gen VR headsets, uh, 
you know, uh, putting in your correct IPD is a real important factor. Mm -hmm. So your IPD is your interpulpillary distance, which is essentially the distance between your eyes. And having this calibrated correctly when you set up a headset for the first time is really important and it can affect, um, you know, you to get the best possible view uh, for your eyes uh, set up in it. But also it can, you know, if you get it up set up wrong, it can affect, uh, you know, the way you feel. It can cause nausea, it can cause discomfort. So if you're demoing a, a VR headset to a lot of people, you really got to be, uh, it's really important to make sure that they set their IPD correctly. Because I've seen it so many times in demos uh, where people just put the headset on and because they're not, aware of VR, unaware how important your IPD uh, level is, that they just put it on and then they just kind of do an experience and then they're like, oh, it kind of made me feel a bit ill or, you know, I wasn't very comfortable in it. And it's, it's, it's normally down to the way your IPD is set up because everyone is obviously slightly different. Um, so with something like this, with eye tracking technology, well then it'll know straight away the distance between your eyeballs. So then hopefully that the headset will automatically be adjusted uh, to your distance automatically. So if you're swapping different users, well, it will just change based on the tracking of your eyeballs, which is going to be a really neat little feature as well. We've got, we got an interesting uh, comment actually, Assessor, uh, from uh, Amatrakowski. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, it's eye tracking will ruin all VR channels on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think really? about that? I, I, I mean, I don't think that because I, I think that uh, the rendering, it's already different now. The, the way that it's uh, rendered in the headset is already different from the way that it's rendering in the, uh, on the screen. So I don't, I don't think that, uh, that uh, the, the screen that will be visible no. on the desktop will be the same as uh, the one in the, in the headset. No, 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 no I, but, but I, even I, that, I, right? I, I agree. The, 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 what you're talking about is the performance of the, of, the, of the game. And I don't think you're talking about rendering the peripheral vision to an extent where it would be blurred or anything like that. You're yeah. actually talking about forcing processing power into a finer band so that things that you will not look at or won't be caring about and won't be shown on screen, that's the stuff that you know gets, yeah. gets lower touch. Actually, in the headset, as you said, Rowdy, there should be no impact to the end user. And actually, to users of the headset, again, if they succeed with this technology... You won't notice the difference. Well, the only I difference he, is a game will take he, less processing uh, power. I think what he means is yeah. like uh, he's worried about the display that is captured by VR YouTubers when they're capturing their game. Yeah. So what he's worried about is that the display mirror on his on the on the desktop that we yeah. capture will will be will have that but I don't think it will I think the display capture that we capture will still be the full scene yep. but it's just the performance in the headset that will change um, and I think that's going away by the way I think the window on the desktop is so antiquated because you're re-rendering a whole nother scene essentially well, for, you're, 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 for us it's important right for us it's important not maybe for everyone else um, but, but certainly... what I'm saying is you should only generate one render you should not be generating two because if you've ever looked at the performance hit of having a window on your desktop yeah. It's material. Yeah, that's that's probably true. But uh, certainly for us, we would want the tools to keep something like that in place, right? Otherwise, we're out of a job, right? <laughs> uh, and we yeah, couldn't I, share that. So yeah, that's I'm talking about happen. the NVIDIA. Um, so like, think about the standalone headsets, right? Like, you're not going to have the standalone headset necessarily mirroring the desktop forever, no. right? You're going to have one rendering path with a fork at that at that point. So you foveate yeah. and all that. But you're not going to be... Right now, it's, it's back as... It's the same as the old OC tool. The original, you know, DK1 tool did this duplicated mirroring, and mm. we haven't gotten away from that yet, and I'm really no. surprised. But NVIDIA and AMD are working on it. But certainly, you know, we still want those tools, you know, and I'd imagine they I, won't I, go for us. But then again, yeah. we're, we're at the, the sharp end anyway. I, you know, I don't think they're going to take away a way to record gameplay, for sure. No, they will no keep definitely that. not. Definitely yeah, yeah. not. 
But the other the other benefits are in gaming and obviously social experiences. Um, like the, the the thing is, the first step with interacting with an object in real life is looking at it, right? So if you could just look at an item and then just press the grip, and then it just like is picked up rather than looking at it. Oh, then I've got to move my hand to pick it up. Like that could speed up things, you know, and and we've got men menus and stuff like that. You could just look at the menu, press the button, you're there. Um, and apparently from uh, from early reports of people that have tried this kind of technology, I don't know if you had a similar experience, uh, but they found like it's almost like they had superpowers in a way, you know, you're just kind of looking and then you're, you can like interact mm -hmm. with that item straight away without having to physically move your hand or move a controller yep. or move a mouse or a keyboard you're just looking at it you press the button you're in that experience yeah i, I, I don't know if you guys have I've, I've experienced seen, that i've seen uh, other games being developed like that as well where they not only use foveated rendering but also brainwave so the more that you focus that you can actually like yeah. move things around so i think there's a lot of exciting technology coming uh, just yeah. around in that field yeah and it's funny because I was watching some videos when I was researching this earlier on and uh, there was a Twitch streamer just uh, doing a traditional game, I think it was Overwatch, and he was playing and what you could see on the stream was where his eye was focused. Um, so that was actually overlaid on his Twitch stream so his viewers could see where he was focusing all his attention which I think is a really neat feature. <laughs> so like say you're in the chat and you want to like him to notice you it's like oh yeah he finally noticed me he kind of looked at my message. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny and then like I think he was following one of the female characters and he was clearly like looking at one of their, <laughs> their backsides and it, it was funny like because he couldn't he couldn't lie about it because it was it was happening everyone could see it on the stream so I thought that was kind of funny as well. Um, there's another the other... side to this. Sorry, Mike. On the medical front, right? Well, I hope that they do think about uh, the, the the fringe side users here. So, if you have no hands, this whole idea of VRing and not yeah. having touch controls, if you do have this kind of eye tracking, it can it could overcome that barrier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. true. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. you can be Magneto. But you can exactly you yeah. can like use the force to bring items towards you it'd be kind of cool yeah. uh, but the other big thing obviously is presence because presence in vr is something that's really special you know meeting up with other people in a vr social experience and hanging out with them is great but having that ability to actually look into someone's eyes well that is a game changer for me because uh, i actually noticed this uh, during a recent interview uh, when i was doing an interview for big screen with uh, dash and shankar and we were talking together and obviously his avatar was standing in front of me i was standing here and He's obviously programmed the software, so when both characters' heads are kind of aligned, looking at each other, their eyes kind of lock in and make contact, right? And that's a real uh, big thing for immersion because you feel like you're actually having a conversation with someone because you're looking at them in the eyes. It's and like, establishing eye contact it's like is getting, one of the primary ways we connect. It's like uncanny valley, right? Like, you know, that you exactly. feel like you're like actually talking to a real physical being instead of exactly. uh, some kind of weird construct. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And when you can effectively effectively track a user's eye movement, you can then feel more connected with someone in a VR experience if you're both looking at each other in the, in the same way and looking at each other's eyes. Uh, and then, you know, if you're embarrassed or slightly uncomfortable and you look away, well, you can pick up those telltale signs through body language. And that's when body language in VR is going to be real cool and it's going to be much more immersive. You're going to feel much more presence with the people that are around you. Like VRChat, for example, and we'll talk, touch more on VRChat later, but right now now, a lot of the avatars, they're just forward-facing, blank. You, you don't see much in eye movement. There are avatars that do have eye movement, but they're not sort of tracked that much in terms of where you are as an individual. Yeah, that's true. That's but funny. it makes that's a big why, difference. Like, that's why, for example, in Rec Room, it works so well, because they don't really have any, like, eyeballs 
they always yeah. look at you or that's what you think at least but so they, you really they do show the emotions where they look at you they wow. do show yeah. uh, emotions in rec room because you can like uh, that's true uh, yeah. when you like start talking louder then like the eyes change and stuff like that it's actually nicely done it's nicely done it is actually quite accurate it is. i agree yeah so that'll be really really cool i'm actually really excited about this kind of technology and uh, it's not just toby uh, this uh, swedish company that are looking at this kind of technology um there's also the fove which is uh, a chinese startup mm -hmm. they're doing an add-on for the htc vive and they're also releasing their own headset with this technology integrated into oh. it uh called the the fove uh, you've got Pimax, obviously, you know, they mentioned in their Kickstarter that once they reached uh, the stretch goal, that they'll introduce eye tracking modules into their um, sort of hardware development. So you can buy that as an upgrade. Uh, and then other companies such as Google, Facebook and Apple, they've all sort of purchased eye tracking companies uh, in the past. So I think eye tracking is going to be a, a real big deal uh, in the near future. And I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the other thing, just going back to Toby just quick, uh, quickly, they also do uh, a business edition of the headset with Toby built into it as standard. Uh, it's just for developers at the moment, but obviously this this technology is uh, being worked on in the backgrounds and it will slowly trickle down. And I, I imagine by the end of this year, we'll sort of see more of this in the mainstream. And again, like I say, I'm pretty excited about that sort of technology. So moving on to something that's really, really cool and really exciting to something that's maybe not so cool or exciting, and that is uh, Jumanji VR. <laughs> so uh, Servios, uh, the team behind Raw Data and Sprint Vector, which we're obviously going to be talking about more later on today, has teamed up with Sony Pictures Virtual Reality to bring Jumanji VR to consumers and uh, VR arcades. Now, just to be clear, Servios didn't make this experience. It's not made by Servios. Uh, it's actually made by Sony uh, Virtual Reality and in partnership with MWM Immersive, which used to be a company called Reality One. So they've made this uh, Jumanji VR adventure uh, to coincide with obviously release of Jumanji, the new movie with uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and uh, is it uh, Kevin Hart? The, yeah. Um, so they've Jet released life. this VR experience, yeah. But the thing is, like, like having seen it, I don't know if you guys have seen this, and we're probably <laughs> playing it. the trailer now. It's playing right now. You yeah. know, you see wait, initially... Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. So Servios is publishing this then? Well, they're helping distribute it through the network that they have already have established with VR arcades. Ah. Um, that's their involvement in oh, it. Oh, and this development studio also made the Spider-Man experience then? That's right, yes. Okay, yes. Yeah. Tell so, us more. <laughs> so, as you're probably aware, like we wasn't massive fans of the Spider-Man Homecoming VR experience, uh, but then even this uh, makes that look good, uh, to be honest, because from the trailer, as you're probably watching now, it looks great, like you've got the movie, the movie bits to tie in with it, and then it cuts to game, and it's just like, wow, this looks like a PS2 game, it looks so bad. By the way, the music is playing really hard right now. So yeah, they will I turned it down, I turned down. You. It's something in OPS. Sounds epic, though. I like it. It's very, <laughs> so you, yeah. um, spices up this podcast a bit. <laughs> you get the full experience now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Nathie said, uh, Servios are just uh, helping uh, distribute this, essentially, because they've got a great uh, established network with VR arcades where they allow uh, VR arcades to play like Raw Data and obviously Sprint Vector in the future. Um, so they've kind of used that network uh, with um, Sony Virtual Reality and MWM to kind of distribute v uh, Jumanji VR to arcades. But what I was thinking was is, can you imagine 
you're uh, you know a 14 15 year old kid you've got uh, some money from your parents you think yeah i'm going to go down to the local vr arcade and check out some awesome vr content and then you try jumanji as your first vr <laughs> title oh my word you're going to think what is is this you know it just looks so bad I don't know. Um, I mean, can well, you can I we really do... talk about it? I mean, if we haven't played it, I mean, it might look terrible and might uh, play great. There, there's one thing that I I will like give them the fact that they went for a third person VR experience. I mean, that's something you don't really see that much. So I do like the fact that you can help the rock from up there and then say like, okay, you need to do this now and you need to, because you need to place objects too so you can go to the other side and you need to, it's kind of like a little Age of Empires kind of like a spin-off where you need to tell them attack that and go there. So I do like that. Like they went for a third person thing instead of just the, the casual, but I don't I haven't I played don't. myself either. Like what I've seen so far, I'm like, yeah, yeah. The, the, the uh, thing is like, let's be clear Zim, like we've all played enough VR games to look at some, some sometimes and think this is going to be garbage. I'm sorry, but like I uh, let's just give you a good example here. Halo Recruit. <laughs> I knew from straight away watching that video it was garbage, and I wasn't proved wrong. And I'm pretty sure I'll bet my beard on this game that it's going to be garbage because I'm not God, saying it's not. I'm just saying that I think it's it, the the thing you can see in the trailer is that it's mixed. It's mixed first and third person, which is kind of interesting. Nah. I, I don't remember the next the last title that I. I had that was well, like that. It's kind of like a god simulator, right? You're yeah. overlooking the play area and then you can manipulate Enough. items within the play area. So, you know, it says, oh, you can move boulders, you can make tree bridges for like the rock to cross and help little Kevin Hart who's stuck in a little prison. <laughs> um, Paradise Decay says, the film was terrible. <laughs> the film was terrible. Well, okay. yeah, it looks like Depends. the VR experience is going to be terrible. As I well. like the film. I thought it was a great film. Lots oh, of, lots of laughs. Actually, My wife and I were in tears in the cinema with that, actually. Oh, it, was, yeah. uh, okay. it was quite good. Okay. Yeah. Different, Sorry, different, different opinions. That's dude, a good thing. Like, dude, even yeah. if the if, if this movie is great or, or it sucks, I haven't seen it myself yet. I'm really curious about it. I think it's, it's going to be cool. Even if it sucks, just go back to the old ones. I mean, those ones were really awesome, too. So, I mean, mm. we should Sorry, complain. old what? Old, the old, old the Jumanji, Jumanji games. movies, you know? Oh, old Jumanji yeah. movies. Yeah. 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 Was there the a game great... before? Like a SNES game? Maybe. Possibly. Probably. But the other great thing about this game is that when you're in the game, to start it, you actually have to shout Jumanji into your headset. <laughs> brilliant. That is so brilliant. I like that. I like that. I like that. Yeah. yeah. That's, it was funny. There was, uh... That's plus one for me. Plus one for me. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a Twitch streamer, and he was playing it at, like, really early in the morning or late at night, and he was like... I can't shout out Jumanji because everyone's going to wake up in my house. So what he actually did was to come to get around it, he just blew into the mic really hard and then that actually started the game. So it's obviously just based on your uh, your, your sound levels. Honestly, uh, okay. I'm really curious about what the budget is for these kind of things. Like, you know, we can't blame the developers on this. Maybe they actually want to bring something really, really nice, but they don't have enough money to do it, you know, or they don't get enough funds to make something but, happen. Yeah, but I this don't, is, I don't this agree is a with downgrade that. Jumanji? compared to Spider-Man Simulator, okay? This is, this is a little worse. If you're telling me that Sony Pictures don't have enough yeah. money to make a decent no, VR experience... No, that's not then. what I'm saying, but they, they are not willing to give more because they don't see VR, like, as... Yeah, you know but what th I mean. Then it's also yeah, not going to be a great experience if they if they don't. That's if right. they're Not willing to invest yeah. in it, then it makes sense that well, it's 
It's not gonna yeah. be great. So, so it's out. Man public... was a great start. Like if they added more to it and you could actually swing and you were walking. But it was around an advertisement. Bit, then... Boy, it was that ad... was like a nobody. Nobody. It was an advertisement. It, it wasn't made yeah. to make people go and play no, that game. No. It was made to make people go and watch the movie. And no, but yeah. but still, like they were heading into the right direction with with this whole movie thing. I was getting really really pumped for mm. the movie when I was playing it. But since yeah. they ended it with the swinging part and nothing happened after, I was like, ah, is this it? Then, yeah. But compared to the Blade Runner experience we had and Coco exactly. VR, this yeah. is uh, really something silly. Okay. But this is the thing. This is the, this is the worst part about it. Is that it's not even free. You have to pay for it. Oh no! So, no yeah, way! No, it's not free. I know that <laughs> yeah. that that part is a bit. So so you're paying three ninety nine <laughs> in British pounds, uh, which were quite so about like five six dollars to play dollars. an advertisement. No. Essentially. That's so and wrong. That, that, That's so that, wrong. I'm sorry is just plain bullshit because like you say the blade runner was like a 20 minute long yeah. interactive experience L let me just show the trailer nice one more time honest. here blade that runner should have been paid good. to be honest i think blade runner should have been paid they did the it same was... with justice league as well you had to pay for that too it's like you want to promote yeah. the movie right then let people save up for a ticket to go to the movie instead yeah I, no i totally agree <laughs> okay I totally agree. first i was like for a free thing <laughs> well okay Fair enough, but if I look at this and I need to pay for it, I'm like, I don't know. I'm gonna try it. I'm I'm gonna give it a try for maybe yeah. a video because I mean it's the rock and maybe has some cool jokes I can listen to while playing. But well, yeah, apparently... they could have brought the audio in. If they brought the Jumanji audio in, then that in itself is gonna be fun. Well, but... you may be excited to know then, Zim, that they actually in in, in put the sort of some lines in from the actual trailer so they, that, they haven't taken them from I, the movie i don't think they've taken them from the trailer so you've got the rock that says two lines and kevin hart that says two lines as well so you can enjoy those <laughs> on loop and loop uh for the whole 10 20 minutes you play this you, you have a toy figure of the rock and you can just send it wherever you want I mean. yeah so uh what do you, you want in steam. a game right <laughs> but i do yeah. i do like the concept of you leading someone to the other side while building things in the world i do like yeah. that yeah it, but the other know. thing is like i i looked at some of the steam reviews <laughs> and uh user uh Bugnish, he left a very detailed uh, steam review where he referred okay. to the game as the worst vr game ever made uh he also goes yes. on to say that he experienced uh glitches bad textures clipping uh, he also detailed that uh, if things start getting a bit heavy, you can actually take the rock out of the game and just flick uh, away all the the bad <laughs> the bad guys, and then just put the rock back in, and then the game just carries on. Um, so oh. yeah, it just sounds everything about it sounds pretty awful. Mm. But the way I kind of thought about it, I thought about it afterwards. Like if I was working for Sony Pictures right now, and I thought, right, I've been given a small budget to make a Jumanji game, what would I do? Well, I would probably look about and see what other sort of uh, games are out there right now. And something like uh, Loco Dojo, for example, which is kind of like a board game, because Jumanji, at the end of the day, it is a board game, right? Yeah. Um, and then you just you go into different mini games as different experiences, which is exactly what happens in the movie, right? Especially in the original movie. I don't know about the new one. But when they roll the dice, things different things happen. New one's a well, totally different film. I actually think oh, that okay. what you're saying, Mike, is abs I agree. Uh, if you're yeah. an indie studio, small budget, what you should go for is, yeah, recreate that board game off the original movie. Yeah. But that's not what the new movie is like, no. uh, you say. Oh, okay. And the reason okay, I, I would do that. that is because people who've paid for VR headsets are likely in the age bracket who saw the original film and know that yeah. and are bought into it. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know, they would have been better off just paying like the guys that made Loco Dojo, you know, some money to say, look, adapt your existing uh, engine and game to yeah. our movie franchise. And uh, they would have come out with something way uh, better. Like, I what, what, what they should have done with Jumanji was like, they uh, there's a part where you play in first person. So you need to open like the, the game and then the trailer pops up. That's your surprise. And then you need to watch the trailer. <laughs> but what they could have done, like, you know, you rolled the dice and then uh, it just rolled to a certain part of the movie and then stuff happened around you. So you had like maybe six things that were going to happen where maybe, I don't know, uh, a tiger is attacking you. And then I haven't watched the movie, so I'm kind of talking about something. But mm. uh, you know what I mean? So what you had in the, the old Jumanji movies where something was going to happen around you when the when you were rolling the dice, you know, mm. it could have been fun. Mm. But yeah. uh, I don't know. Like uh, if, if I look at this game as it is right now or experience, then I don't think they had enough money to even roll the dice once. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it seems a shame. But again, you know, I think we need to be clear that, you know, movie time experiences are all well and good if they're polished and they're, they're decent. Yeah. But I don't think we should be being charged and, for this and, kind of experience, unless they're full games, obviously. Yeah. And I feel kind of bad for Servios because their name is now linked to this. And they have, like, two really, like, decent titles. Uh, yep. uh, like, like Sprint Factor is coming out soon and Raw Data has been very popular. But then we got this, like... Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I wonder if they ever got to experience the game prior to agreeing to this deal. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I would be interested to know. If they were the ones that had to sell this game to everyone out there, then they had a hard time, I guess. (laughs) But uh, I don't know. But like I said at the beginning, the reason why Servios are obviously involved in this, they didn't make it, just to be clear, uh, is just to help distribute it to their network of arcades. Um, but I doubt that we'll be hearing the cries of Jumanji from VR arcades anytime soon. Uh, anyway... But going on to Servios, uh, talking about something that they were involved in that was pretty bad, to something that actually looks really, really cool, and I got to try it earlier on today, and that is Sprint Vector. So Sprint Vector, for those that are not aware, is Servios' uh, latest game. Uh, it's actually just gone into closed beta, so you can apply to be in the closed beta. Uh, it opened uh, yesterday, uh, the 19th of January, and will be open all the way up until the 28th of January. Uh, so you can apply for it on their website, and then if you get uh, uh, um, you know access, they'll give you a code for the game to check it out and test like uh, the multiplayer and everything else. Uh, so I actually checked this out this morning, and I thought it was uh, really, really fun. Uh, I love the art style um, and the bright colors of it and the music. I thought it was great. And the actual, it just felt very different from everything else, you know, swinging your arms and that, that sense of like really fast movement. They, they just nailed it, I think. Uh, the only things I had problems with as a complete noob was cornering. Uh, I still kind of need to get a bit used to that, but I think with a bit more practice, I'll probably get the hang of that quite quickly. Um, but I'm actually looking forward to jumping in and being uh, in a competitive game with other players, because right now I'm, I've only just played against other AI players. But I think players uh, around the world and actually doing some smack talk with them in-game would actually be pretty cool. So uh, I'm kind of looking forward to that. <laughs> but you guys have checked out Sprint Vector already, right, as well? Yeah. Yeah, it feels like ice skating when you move around and you can yeah. you can drift a bit with your controllers, you know, and you can use power-ups to shoot uh, someone down. And mm. there are so many, like when you uh, are skating on the track, you are uh, able to go different ways. So you can choose a path on the left and you got like secret ones, you know, like in Mario Kart. And uh, that's really nice. And you can go so fast and it's like a real workout and... 
Yeah, there are so many like tactics you can use in this game too. And I haven't yeah. uh, played the multiplayer yet. I think like multiplayer-wise, that's the only interesting part about Sprint Factor. I don't feel like people want to go for the single player. I mean, multiplayer, it's it feels so much more alive, more competitive, more challenging, etc. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's the space pirate trainer people, Nathy, who are going to eat this to pieces. You know, yeah. people who are on scoreboards and like, I am like Rowdy, <laughs> who's like, I'm fastest YouTuber yeah. alive. Well, fucking prove it. I, I, I'm not. I, I'm not saying that's in a game. I mean, games slow me down and stuff. Like that. I'm talking about the oh, real yeah, world, yeah, yeah. of course. That's, yeah. that's, that's what's coming out now. If, if you want, yeah. you can always come down to Belgium where we'll race. We'll race. <laughs> <laughs> A good old-fashioned run race. <laughs> no, it's good. It's, uh, I think it's matured quite a bit since I played it. I played it about a year year and a half ago um, and managed to kind of jump in the game and got second at that three-day convention off of the floor. So I, I'm pretty good at it, I think, out the box, but it's a uh, it's a great way to exercise. Like, that's what I've been praying and I've been begging Servios for months now. It's like, release your game because it's winter and I want to exercise. <laughs> I mean, I've been playing box VR, but this game is another whole level of exercise. Like, if you can spend full force 60 minutes in Sprint Vector, then you've done your yeah. cardio for the day. You know, you're done. Uh, it's, it's, it's very, very involved. Be careful, yeah. though. People yeah. with headsets, sweat, and electronics, they don't go well together. That's um, true. But no, the, com uh, but like, the, the competitive side is so much fun. Like when you were racing yeah. uh, with, with friends, I, I've only raced against one other player and that was bloody awesome. But the competitive, eight players? <sighs> God, yeah. I can't wait. Five o'clock today, hour and 10 minutes and then we're fucking racing. I can't wait. <laughs> nice, nice. But like, uh, like you say, you really have to swing your arms. So you have to like bring it up here then really swing it behind you whilst holding the button. And then you obviously do that in tandem to like propel yourself forward. Um, it's very nice, but like uh, we said at the beginning of the show, like Rowdy is a prime example, make sure your area is clear because once you are in the zone in this game, you're going to be swinging your arms like a crazy man. Yep. And if you've got stuff around you, you're just going to smash it to pieces because <laughs> like you say, you have to turn around and you have to physically turn you know in real in real life so just make sure you've got a clear area when you play this game please people uh but yeah sprint vector is going to be coming to the vive uh the rift and psvr um but you were slightly concerned uh, zim about maybe the psvr integration of this one i think the tracking might be a problem given the speed if you think about mm -hmm. it it's just based on tracking a light uh source doing mm. essentially this and also one of the issues that you have is, depending on their locomotion mechanism, and what I mean by that with you, what you just said, pivot locomotion, uh, one of the issues that I had in Farpoint particularly was moving outside of their, let's say, 120 degree angle of, of good tracking. So if you're pivoting, it could get really annoying in the same way that it was during Doom. So I'm a little mm. bit worried about the PSVR implementation. I think the game mm. will run fine because it's relatively lo-fi in terms of its graphics. But yeah. I'd say the one. I'd say this is one to play on Rift because the Vive controllers as well like to knock off each other because you got like these soup ladles and also knock off tables and stuff. You could literally crack a, a Vive controller in half if you smack it off of something hard enough. So I'd say if you have any options in front of you, Rift is definitely the one because you'll you won't be knocking your controllers together. Yeah. So they're wow. actually opening up the uh, the multiplayer this uh, weekend. So uh, if you manage to get into the open beta, you can play uh, in the UK anyway. From I think it's from five till eight. Is five it? Five p.m. today. I'm I'm streaming it as well. Yeah, five to, five to eight daily for the next two weeks. Nice, nice. So if you want to jump into some uh, some multiplayer sprint vector, then there are the times to do it. I would totally recommend. Question for it you, out. Mike. I don't know. I think the EU and NA servers are separated, which is unfortunate because if you have friends 
in the other region. I think they're only uh, opening because it's it's five to eight p.m. in North America for the North America servers. That that's up, and then mm-hmm. EU servers are up. So I don't. What I don't know yet, if someone's going to find a way to be smart and log on to the EU servers during the EU slot, and then set, vice versa. So. Yeah, well, we've, we've I, I, technically see. you could if you got like a VPN, you could do that. But uh, I, I'm wondering why are they doing this first? Because maybe they want to test out like the European server and the American one. Because in the end, you want to go yeah, like why. overseas too, right? Mm. That's like a tricky thing, especially in VR, because it needs to be accurate and the server needs to send all that info to everyone too. So and it's it'll be, be fine uh, though. I mean, like the the. I mean, I I regularly play with people in Australia and California in games that are more complicated than this. So. I really don't think that even 150 millisecond ping is going to affect you materially well, in this game. I, well, you never know because sometimes you play a game, your hands are on the ground and you don't have any hands. So, I mean, uh, you know. That's true. Sometimes your hands are gone there. and you need to find your hands. We played like a Wild West game together yeah. and the server was going nuts and uh, my hands and also Rowdy's hands and everyone's hands were on the we're ground. Fine for we were looking for me! We were That's looking perfect. for our hands for like an hour. And, and Although, I, I don't know, it was weird. That's right say, here, Nathan, right here. It's not too difficult. No, you, say, <laughs> you say it worked fine for you, Zim, but you were walking around, like, doing the splits. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's just, right. You see, you know, you only ever, our relationship, Mike, is just, just, just like waist high, waist up. You know, that's how I walk in real life, all right? So, you know, yeah. I, sorry. <laughs> but maybe you'll see a video uh, when they've updated the game. We'll Actually, jump back into it, on that note, one thing I didn't mention in what I played last week was VR chat. And one of the things that I saw, which was pretty bloody awesome, was foot tracking off of a buddy of mine named Bull. And okay. that, on models, when you see it, is very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. Full body tracking, that fluidity, when you see the full character moving... Again, to your point, Mike, about when we were talking about the foveated rendering, when you see a full body moving, something in your brain goes, it breaks that uncanny valley, and you go, that's a human. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, yeah. At, that, at that point, it was a very uh, busty anime girl human, but, you know, it could have been anybody. Yeah, there's plenty yeah. of those around. I do see a comment here. Someone says, uh, we need, like, a Vive Sport Edition. Vive Sport yeah. Edition, yeah. yeah. Anti-sweat. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, well, they, yeah, they need something that's going to address that, because... I don't know how many demos you guys have done, but there are some people I've put into my Rift or Vive, and oh, yeah. my God, there's a waterfall oh, coming days. out of them. It yeah, is it's scary. Crazy. Well, I yeah. know that uh, I know that Tribal had uh, Barnacles have a, uh, have a play with his Rift, and his Rift was like destroyed uh, with his Vive, with his Vive, not his Rift, uh, his yeah. Vive. Yeah. And uh, he's yeah. a particularly sweaty chap, though, Mr. Barnacles. Yeah. So. Okay. But yes. you know, you have those kind of people that buy Vives as you well. Do. That was the thing, like, uh, when we went to OC4 uh, last October, I actually took my uh, VR cover with me, and every demo I tried, I was like, you can fuck off if I'm using your cover, mate. I literally whipped it off and put my own in, because I was like, I don't want anyone else's face goober on my face. But that's, um, that's interesting, though, like, with the Vive Pro, they, they didn't really say much about that. Like, maybe they sealed no. it, like, in a way, but I don't think so. They should really look into this for the future with VR headsets. Mm. We're slowly mm. learning the characters the characters on this podcast. So so Zim doesn't like wireless transmission near his head. Mike doesn't like touching germs. Rowdy just generally doesn't like people. Nope. And we're still working out what's wrong with Nathy. <laughs> <laughs> Nathy's yeah, an alien. Right. <laughs> so, I, 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 go on, Nathy, go on. Well, that's it. He's showing, showing the love. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the mic pillow out again for the audio listeners. Yeah. Uh, but I'd be interested to know your thoughts on VR chat because 
you know, we've obviously talked about it a lot. Uh, you finally jumped mm. back in after a long time absent, and it kind of will bring us nicely into our next topic. So, what were your uh, sure. your thoughts and uh, experiences with VR chat then, Zim? Yeah, all in all, um, as you, as as I think I mentioned before, I, I did a quite a bit of time in the three main chat apps about two years ago. So the last time I was in VR chat was two years ago, a little bit more than that. It was for the 2015 Christmas party that they were hosting, which was like a. It was kind of like maturing on what Palmer Lucky had said, which was everybody come around my place. And so it was actually for, I think it was the Christmas or New Year's. I can't remember. One of those two. And it was like, ah, oh, come in. I had a negative experience because of technical tracking issues. My wheel or something was plugged in. So I spun in place. And that was two years ago. So that was the last time. And I noped out then. I didn't nope out. I, I went into it. Um, actually, it was kind of interesting because I compared it against another app that I, I wanted to go see. So I, I went into VR chat. And then shortly after, I went into Janus VR. And they're very similar apps and kind of doing different technical things. Uh, it was interesting to see because back in the day, I would have said that Janus was better than VRChat in terms of its implementation and what you could do. I'd say those have leapfrogged, but I definitely had issues. I had technical issues. And so I'm going to give it a breather for a month or so and let things calm down. I thought I'd given it enough space to kind of get away from what I'll call the community spike. I was kind of hoping to avoid this kind of, you know, the eye of Sauron that's come down on VRChat and that's like, you know, you get the crazy noise. And what I wanted to experience, because I know some of the members of the VR chat team uh, who come and watch the stream from time to time and actually kind of got a job there as, as an indirect result. It's, it's, it's something that it's an application that it, it's almost sandbox. And that's probably my biggest gripe with it is that it's great for artists. It's great for, as I said last week, people who want to learn to get into, to get into the experience. My impression of it was the model fidelity has gone tenfold. Like the models that you can find in the game are really impressive. And I think people put their hearts and souls into that. The environments are about the same grade in terms of what I got to experience. There's, there weren't like huge leaps and bounds. I was expecting more interactivity, but a lot of the environments are heavily static. Um, the one thing that I did find that I found to be really good fun, which felt like playing Team Fortress, uh, was playing Blood and Steel, which is a game where you're, rob you're trying to rob a bank and we played like <laughs> yeah. 5v5. It was very good. So you have a pistol. You can lasso someone and get them into jail. If you know, if you're on the robber's side, you're trying to go steal from banks. So there's definitely little communities popping up within yeah. VR chat, and I think that's probably what it's good. It's an ecosystem, isn't it? In the end, I, of the I day. think I think you but, hit the nail on the head there because yeah. I think as well, like the first time I jumped in, like. The models are all really great, but I'm I kind of like missing still like what is like the core thing that you can like do in VR chat except for like you know of course it's community build and everyone makes their own yeah. thing, but I would like to see more of those like instead of like just models and like very static worlds that are being built, more interactive kind of experiences that yeah. that start to pop up like they, like they have room, like a right? couple of them. Yeah, like Rec Room. Exactly. like Rec Room, yeah. Yeah, yeah cuz we all played well. Rec Room together and yeah. it's funny cuz we bounced around to the different things disc golf and uh, <laughs> not Orbitron, what's it called? Jumbotron. Jumbotron. Jumbotron the, the questing. Yeah. That stuff was really good. Like what I felt like if I was to compare the three apps that I used to uh, frequent, so AltSpace was quite good at hosting mm. comedy yeah. or having events. They were like almost the, the event planner of the VR apps. Janus VR, for those who don't know what it is, you walk the web. So they take you and they automatically generate. It's basically a markup language. So if you know HTML and CSS and all that, you can write your web page so that it appears for 2D users on flat. And then in Janus, it turns into an environment, a room, series of rooms, things you can you can do things mm. you can interact with, you can yeah. play old virtual boy games, that kind of stuff. So if I come to this podcast in Janus and someone else does, I'll see them. 
That's the same yeah. way if I was to go visit, you know, a dodgy website. So it's it's funny. You get to see other people in that environment. So if you, like, go to Reddit back in the day, you go to Reddit, and there will be, like, 70 people there all looking right. at images and articles. And I remember the uh, the Reddit cats page was really popular. Loads of people walking around looking at pictures of cats, which were paintings on the wall. So Janice's idea, I think, is awesome. I don't yeah. think they're going to be the ones that deliver it. I think it's going to be Amazon or Google who are going to make the VR web. Facebook, and yeah. I think that's really a step towards the oasis that, that we all want. But I think that VR chat is, it's kind of for the modelers and the designers and that the side. The cosplayers. And... And, and and actually, as a, as, a, as a meme fortress, it's not bad. As I said I've before, I've, I've, I've loved the Ugandan uh, <laughs> Knuckles meme. I really have. I think it's hilarious. Uh, I think it totally deserves the airspace it's getting. Um, and honestly, as an app, they're just feeling the same pains and growing pains that mm. any, other, uh, any other one of these social apps is, which is you get in, Oculus felt it, right? If there's no boundary controls, Altspace felt it. You can go up and grow people and get in their face. And some people don't like it and some people don't care. So yeah. that's where we are at the moment with it. And they just need to spend some time and uh, bolt that stuff down, up their performance, and it'll be a better experience. But to, to, to Rowdy's point, the main takeaway for me was probably it's skippable at the moment performance-wise. And it, it doesn't seem yeah. to have a focus. Mm -hmm. But I think it's because that focus is just inspiring people to, to create. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what it's, yeah. it, it's, it's doing best. It's interesting that you mentioned about like you saw someone with full body trackers and it felt very immersive and you know the feeling of presence was there uh, because that kind of brings us on nicely to our next topic and that was that uh, a guy actually had a seizure in VR chat. So this week, uh, content creator Rogue Shadow VR he was recording some VR content for his YouTube channel and then unexpectedly, completely out of the blue, another player in the world started to have a seizure right when they were in this room. But what makes this story even crazier is that this this player had full body trackers on uh, when he was in the game. So, like uh, Zim mentioned, you know they were tracking his feet and his hands, obviously with the with the wands. Um, and you can clearly hear in the video if you watch it uh, that the player was struggling to breathe at some points. He was lying on the floor, kind of moving around, mm -hmm. and everyone kind of stopped what they were doing. They sort of saw that this player was lying on the floor, and some people were kind of saying like, "Is this real?" Because obviously, as we know in VR chat, there's a lot of people that mess around all the time. Uh, but then it became clear quite quickly that you know he was actually having a seizure and and props to rogue shadow actually because he was pretty quick to identify that this guy was actually having a seizure and call out and say hey guys he's not messing around he is having a seizure because you could tell by the way he was breathing and the way he was moving on the floor mm. that it was it was genuine so the thing is that they can see this in the virtual world but they don't know what to do right because he's mm. in a virtual world like mm. how do we help him so they were kind of having a bit of a discussion on what they can do to help him uh, and then one of the players was like um you know trying to get everyone away from him, trying to clear the space. And then another player was like talking to him, like, uh, you know, calmly uh, trying to sort of uh, get a reaction from him or wake him up. Uh, and then another guy was like, oh, dude, you know, he's having a seizure. Let him just deal with it. Like, there's not much we can do for him. Just let him deal with it. Give him his space. Try to be a little bit quiet because if he wakes up, he's going to be still wearing this headset and he's still going to be in this virtual world. So we don't want to freak him out too much. Um, and there was a there was another player actually in the room that was like a kind of multicolored psychedelic ragdoll that was like changing yeah. RGB colors. Wendy's. And the thing is, like that that could have been the thing that actually set set him off in the first place. Yeah. And um, other players will go into this this avatar like just dude like you know get out of the way because if he wakes up, what we don't want to do is spark him off to have another one. Um, so yeah, he he um, he actually was fine. Uh, he did actually get up and he was fine. And he said that, you know, oh, I've, I've had a seizure. And they were talking to him afterwards. And he said, oh, I've had a seizure before, but it was like when I was younger. 
Uh, and then he actually did a, a, an interview with uh, Kotaku, uh, and uh, you know he said that he doesn't actually suffer from epilepsy, but it just was one of those things that happened. Uh, you know he had had a seizure, like I say, when he was younger, but not mm. ever since. Um, and it was completely uh, unpredicted that it was going to happen. Um, but it was just it was interesting to see how everyone reacted to it. Like obviously some people were dicks, you know, because they didn't think it was genuine or they didn't really know how to behave when something like this happens. But most of the people, like most of the community in the room, were very respectful and were just trying to work out how they helped this individual. Um, and I think they pretty much did the right thing. You know, they were they were giving him space, calmly talking to him, mm. and then moving everyone else that was could uh, you know trigger another seizure away from him. Yep. Um, but imagine something like this happening. Like you've never, you know, had something like this happen before. And imagine having a seizure and then waking up and you're still in this virtual world. Like how crazy would that be? It's a, it's a, it's a really crazy uh, thing to imagine. I think it's a maturing area, actually, uh, Mike. I had an issue early on in my stream where we, we befriended somebody and then they were they were suicidal essentially, and uh, we thought they were just about to off themselves. And it was something wow. where you're like. This is a friend of mine. I don't have a telephone number. I, I have nothing. You know, I don't even have mm. the physical location of this person. And yep. it's like, how do I help? And you end mm -hmm. up like, we ended up like phoning, you know, local hospitals and police force and just try to get it in, in touch as you can. I mean, that situation did resolve itself. It, it, so nothing happened, thankfully, in that case. But do we have a panic button in VR for people who are in other countries. We don't have anyone policing this area. We don't have a support structure around. It's also how do we new, ring the bell to say new. somebody needs help? But I do yeah. think like and like that's a good suggestion for like uh, social experiences like VR chat and like rec room or like you know just kind of like uh, you know things where 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 you get a lot of people together that maybe a panning button or something like that would be a good addition to that, yeah. Or even well, just to register I, my details, who to call in case I'm in trouble, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. Yeah. Like, what, like what you do with an airline because you you submit your airline details when you sign up and you say yeah. in case of an emergency. Right, yeah. contact this person. You can do the same thing. Yeah. What happens to streamers, as you guys probably know, is this whole thing called uh, um, swatting. So yeah. I don't know, does it happen to YouTubers? Have any famous YouTubers been done? I don't think so, because I think the whole idea of swatting is that you see the police arrive at the house live on stream, isn't it? It's kind of like half the... No, but YouTube streaming, I meant. Sorry. Oh, right, I see. Uh, yeah. No idea. No, <laughs> today in my video, I'm going to be swatting. Yeah, but I, I, I seriously think that could be a great idea. If you maybe, let's say, you need to, you have like a little button on like the headset, or uh. you need to press a certain thing to uh, send out a signal or anything. But for a second, be nice. For you know? a second, I thought, oh, swatting on YouTube. Yeah, that would be a great idea. I was like, huh? Exactly. No, that's what no. I thought. I thought Nathan was promoting. No, no. No, no, but I, I, like when I think about this, I think that that would be good where it's like in, in Steam VR or Oculus yep. Home in the system, you know, um, mm. and, and then people could maybe use that. But this is something that doesn't happen that much. So I don't think they will see no. the importance of that yet. Like no. if, if, if it Not becomes yet. like totally mainstream where everyone is using this on a daily yeah. base, then... Yeah, we will see that kind of stuff. Like you have yeah. with a phone now as well. Like if something happens to me, I can press a few buttons on my phone and it will send out a signal. Yeah. Same with VR, but then it first needs to become a bigger thing. You know, right now but, we had the first like seizure ever in VR. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I yeah. know it's maybe a little bit too small for... I wonder I think... if it's re does refresh rate come into it at all? Yeah. I just wonder because... But there's a what lot. Of, was he using? There's a lot of causes that was for, for seizures. I mean, so. it's not only no, epilepsy. It's also like you know, there's there's so many different things that can cause a seizure. Loads. So I mean, Loads. 
that that yeah. he that he has had it before <clears throat> is a sign that there is something that is triggering it. Though. Yeah. But it, like you, like you say, it could be caused by low blo blood sugar level, high blood sugar level, uh, yeah. withdrawal from alcohol, uh, you know, yeah, you know, flashing lights, different colors. Anesthetic, it, it, anesthetic yeah. can do it as well. My yeah. a cousin of mine um, had twelve years of seizures because of anesthetic. She's allergic to anesthetic, and the problem is your blood cell will take that anesthetic in and bury it in the cell. And then if you're low on food or whatever, and your body reaches to that cell for energy and pulls it out again, mm -hmm. the toxin mm -hmm. comes out and boom, trigger again. So yeah. she was like triggering like loads and loads and loads and then less and less and less and it just destroyed her career and everything. But yeah, absolutely. You don't know what the trigger of the seizure is gonna yeah. be. It just happens. Mm -hmm. And I've been but in that environment like, in like a call center area and, it, yeah. and someone just collapses on the side and boom, they're in full seizure mode mm -hmm. for 10 minutes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. It's what a scary. Doing? It's a scary thing. I've seen someone falling off his bike mm. like that as well, like full seizure while while he was cycling. Jeez. Yeah, it was oh horrible. Yeah. Yeah, but in but the end, like, there are so many things that that may cause this. In the end, it's the same when we spoke about the guy who died in VR. You know, where yeah. we had no like there were there could be so much going on at that very moment. So. But yeah, um, I think it would be good to look into the future of, hey, uh, if something happens to you and there's no phone nearby, can I use my headset to actually call someone or, mm. you know? But I think even just the tools in the in the in the menus to say like this is an emergency button and then a moderator because they do have moderators in VR chat then they know what to do and they're trained to deal with the situation. Yeah. You know, that would be one of the better things in the interim anyway. Um, what, but it was just very interesting to see how people reacted to it. One feature that's kind of interesting that I didn't know about for a while is that if you have an, an activity tracking watch, uh, a lot of them have built into it, uh, if your heart is giving signals of a heart attack, it will mm. warn you. It'll be mm. like, do you want to call emergency services? Because it looks like you're having a heart attack. Yeah. I mean, if you've got that message on your watch right now, Mike, you might just have a heart attack because of that. I mean, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> yeah. But we can see those kinds of features potentially being there in VR in the future, yeah. where it's like, but, you know, yeah, if wearable tech and, and technology uh, can detect something like that and save someone's life, well, then it was worth the research and investment. In They're the already doing this. They're the already technology. doing that with yeah. like a sportsman. Like they, uh, they, yeah. they track everything they basically do. And if their heart rate is too high, mm -hmm. they will get notified. Or if their heart rate is too low yeah. while exercising, all yeah. of that kind of stuff mm -hmm. is, uh, is already being monitored for sports people. Uh. Yeah. So really so, yeah. cool uh, comment from Paradise DKA. He says like, if the eye tracking actually becomes a thing in every headset, it could uh, be used as a warning device. Mm. If someone's eyes are shut for a while, then it will just act. Yeah. It's yeah. a bit like the Tesla when you were driving and you fall asleep, and then it's like the steering was like, oh, what is happening? And then it just puts your car to the side of the road. You know, it's like mm. an automated system. So. And I wonder yeah. if uh, the eye tracking could detect like the quick movements of your eyes, because I believe, I understand that's a, a, a byproduct of having a seizure as well, that your eyes can flicker around a little bit, oh. that they could detect whether you're having a seizure or not, maybe that way. That would be very interesting indeed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a nice comment from Paradise Decay. Very interesting indeed. Um, so yeah, that is uh, obviously what happened in the news in terms of, uh, of that. Uh, I just want to, uh, quickly uh, talk about one final topic before we wrap the show up and that is uh, we got some information that uh, a new alien game is coming 
so uh, Foxnet Games, which is a, uh, a relatively new branch of uh, Fox, uh, they're actually uh, going to be making a new Alien game, uh, which I think is quite exciting because I hope that this one, it, there's no mention obviously that it's going to be VR just yet, but I hope that they implement uh, a VR support with this because, you know, the studio that are working on it um, have previous talent from games like Doom, Borderlands, Bioshock, Infinite. Um, so maybe they'll see that the the VR mod was very, very popular for Alien Isolation and that they should maybe incorporate it in their new game. I think I would be very interested uh, to see a, a, a native uh, VR Cor Alien game. Correction, though, not even a mod. It was an actual thing they built by themselves. You know, Correct. Zega did that, right? So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The original was it was yeah. the way they released it like back in 2014 because that was one of the first games I played loads. I played it through the three times the campaign. Um, it was just an any file edit where you basically go enable, mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, it was they, it right. was there. It's it was just part the, of the, the launch. The new right? mod that came out, the mother whatever mod. Yeah. Um, yeah did some things a bit better and re-enabled mm -hmm. that which the CV1 software progression broke. Yeah. So actually, right. Alien Isolation had native VR support where they said, eh, it doesn't really, but you just switch a variable. They did, mm -hmm. but they didn't want to advertise it as such. And right. then like a year that. and a half later, somebody modded it back in because it was so bloody good. Yeah. And so yeah. and two it was, like, generations of people have mm. experienced it. And I would agree with you 100%. Fantastic horror experience, mm. great game. It was actually the first AAA game that I'd say I loved in VR for oh. you know years. Intense. Maybe he's done yeah. the same. Very yeah. intense, but also because it was a part of the launch. So this VR thing they had, this now mod, was something they advertised with. You know, they had IGN and other websites uh, go sit in a room and they were recording that, and right. also at conventions you could try it. Um, but it's just really, really cool, and I think they they did it. Not by accident, they just left it in there in the files. They could have taken it out if they wanted, mm. but they kept it in. So mm. yeah, you can play the whole campaign and, and it works works great. Um, uh, what I wanna say though is um, a couple of months ago, we thought there was an alien game coming uh, for VR. Uh, oh, it was called like Alien Conf Covenant uh, Utero something. And, and Oculus and also Vive, I think they were like hyping it up with screenshots and we're like, oh, oh here yeah. we go. <laughs> uh, but then it was a 360 of like 20 seconds. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I do have to say the 360 was really, really nice and, and kind of cool because you were yeah. getting attacked by a little baby Xenomorph. But uh, or not not even attacked you were actually the, you were the, the, uh, yeah so you were growing into a xenomarv and but uh, yeah they kind of killed it with that back then yeah uh, with like the yeah. excitement so i hope i really hope i mean they must have seen that people loved it years ago yeah. but uh, yeah, who's gonna that... make it by the way because if it's uh zega again then i'm sure they know what they, they want to do they did that. already say no, though it, that it, it has nothing to do with alien isolation oh yeah, they have. Uh, but it's made by. Uh, it's going to be made by Fox Next, which is um, you know a, a branch of Fox. So uh, you know, like you say, they've got previous experience making a 360. They've got previous experience implementing VR in a game. So let's just keep our fingers and toes crossed mm. that they have some VR it's a support. Dice roll, in this one. Man. Yeah, it's a dice roll. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I, I was going to ask you guys, like, if there's one uh, movie franchise that you love, uh, and you could make it into a VR game. What would it be? The Matrix! Duh! <laughs> the okay. Matrix! Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh. What about you, uh, Nathan? You got one off the top of your head? Back to the Future and Inception. Okay. Uh, so. That one. 
So this is this is the one that I would love to see because I think it would work really well in VR, and that is RoboCop because it's one of like my favorite films of all time. Um, Isn't that already being worked on? I think that's already being worked on, Mike. Please tell me it is because that would be so exciting. Uh, <laughs> Are you trolling him now? <laughs> because the way I the way I see it could, it could play out is that you obviously start as Murphy, an, a normal cop, like yeah. teaming up with his buddy Lewis, and you're responding to calls, and then obviously it all goes wrong. You actually get blown away, like you know, and then you die, and then you come back as a machine. Yeah, it would I work. just think that would be so freaking cool work. because. You play as a normal guy, and then obviously you could then almost watch you being like turned into a machine, and then like seeing your hands for the first time as a machine and testing out his new abilities. Yeah. That is just so cool and would work yeah. so well in VR. Um, also, oh, I want to fight friend, Harry Potter, of course. Yeah, of course. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, actually, spoiler alert: there is a, a Harry Potter experience coming out very soon, which is obviously the Fantastic Beast one. I think it's actually going to release next week uh, if you're interested in that. Okay. But um, having seen Ed Two Hundred Nine in uh, H's Garage from Ready Player One, it made me think like facing off a real Ed Two Hundred Nine in a game would just be so freaking sweet. Yeah. So uh, Robocop would definitely be mine. Uh, but what about you, Rowdy? Have you got a, a franchise that you love dearly that you would love to see in VR? Yeah, Lord of the Rings. I really like that okay, one, but yeah. but I would really like not yeah. just like the not just shooting orcs or something, but really the storyline <clears throat> of that one. Like thro- what I'd love to see is that we could all go in together, and Nathy could be the Schmeagle, and we could like be yeah, the- exactly. <laughs> like everyone is like a character. Like we go into the mines of Moria, and uh, Nathy is like chasing us. <laughs> yeah. I actually think they could do. I mean, if they did, if they took like a Skyrim scale game. Yeah. The Lord of the Rings, but no, I, you really have to do it justice. I wouldn't to do want it, it right, though. I wouldn't want it to be an open world, though. Then, though, I really want it to be sticking nope. to nah. the storyline and like uh, you know, yeah. playing out the story, playing out the entire character of that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'd actually go for just the Hobbit. You know, the the what the first book does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd go for the Hobbit that that journey. Not the. Uh. Fi- I don't know if I've seen the film. I don't think I have. Um, <laughs> okay. Wow, you should. <laughs> Yeah. I heard it. I heard it was a step back from the others, but anyway. I'll what would it. also be very, very nice in VR the the story of like Willy Wonka, mm. and then just going through this whole like factory, you know, and sit in the boat with the Oompa Loompas playing the drums. You are so tongue in cheek right now. No way. No way. Is that a serious recommendation that you would Dude, do Willy Wonka? When I was uh, at Oculus Unwrapped in London, I spoke to Warner Brothers about Willy Wonka, and they said like we really want to bring our franchises to VR in that way. So what you are saying here, even if you uh, are a hater, sorry, uh, haters, no, no. Willy Wonka's fine. Actually, okay. went through my head was 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 Free Willy. So oh. Oh. fine with Willy Wonka. I back that. Free Willy, not. I was imagining you on, with like, like the belly of the whale. Sticking out a hand. Like standing I want to be a whale. Seriously, you can just Jump. you can you can drink out of the chocolate river yeah. and then you I agree. Go into agree. the elevator cool. and you shoot cool. out of the factory into the sky and cool. oh boy. Yeah. Well, James and yeah, the Giant Peach cool. can be the next one then. But how 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 could yeah. they like guys? What do you think about like how could they implement that? As Rowdy said, like it should be like they will never build the whole movie as a VR game. Not yet. We will hopefully see that in the future. But right now, would they go for like a, maybe a mini story or maybe flying from scene to scene? And room then escape. Kind of. I'd go room escape on it. Yeah. I think you could do a cool like not. Like, I'm locked in a room and I gotta get... But some kind of puzzler type of thing where mm. it's not too many scenes, it's not too expensive for them to, to craft it and have, like, almost like a teaser for a next game. And if there's enough interest, then fund the fund the full project. That's what I'd do. 
Interesting. But it seems like, the, you know, Warner Brothers certainly are nailing it with their movie tie-ins and their, their franchises, definitely showing them much more love than Sony seem to be right now. Um, There's a great one in chat. Never-ending story. Oh, that yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah, what, that is, one awesome, give a shout awesome out. movie. Playing that dog nice dragon thing across the sky. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that would be oh, super yeah. sweet. <laughs> So, so that is the end of the show, guys. So just to remind you, this is a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show that is live-streamed every Saturday on Nathie's YouTube channel. Tune into the show live at 4 p.m. in Europe, 3 p.m. in the UK, and 9 a.m. in Central US. If you missed the podcast, you can catch up with it every Sunday where I upload the whole video to my own channel, Virtual Reality Oasis. Uh, or alternatively, check out the audio-only version available on Google Play Music and on iTunes. Thanks for being part of the show, guys. As you can probably tell, we're having a lot of fun making it. And uh, we'll see you on next week's episode. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs> see you later. so weird. I'll get mine as well. <laughs> <laughs>